Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the locker room. High atop Bridgeville Hill. We're at the foot of the mountain here. As you call it a mountain, it's really only a hill. But, Max, we do have a five guys, and we got Dunkin' Donuts. We have plentiferous grubification to be able to happen on our way to work should we choose to do so yes copious amounts of forgeable items that can be procured by <laughs> by your said hosts uh a plenty <laughs> i love that you know there's nothing like being a forager you know yeah, if you're gonna you know, forage yeah. you gotta get out and forage you know and that means right. in this day and age you got your choice between going to five guys or blaze pizza or Right over there, Dunkin' Donuts, what have you. You know, and just have at it, man. I mean, you know, this is Christmas week. This is the time to be jolly. Fat guys are the jolliest. You know, I mean, come always. on. Yeah, always. Yeah. You, you know, we. Listen, we, linemen are always in fashion, but especially around, around eating holidays. I'm just saying, we're really fashionable. Absolutely. <laughs> I tell the people, hug a, just go hug a hog today. You know, linemen need love, too. You know, just yes. be kind. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, exa- exa- exactly, exactly. Drop a biscuit or a sandwich, you know, uh, for a lineman. You know, it, it just, and, you know, don't even say anything. Just hand it to him and go, just, just a wink. A wink and a nod. That's it. <laughs> you know, a stocking stuffer, what is it? Oh, maybe yeah. a, a, a cherry pie. Just stick that baby into my stocking, you know, or a dozen crispy creams, stock- you know. Who needs a stocking stuffer when you can just have a hand stuffer? Just stuff my hands with food, okay? So I can stuff my face. Prefer- preferably handheld. You know, it's more mobile. It's portable. You can move around with it. You can still have conversations. <laughs> when you have a plate and a fork, it gets a little It gets a little tedious. Exactly you know? so. You know, yeah, sometimes you, know, you just want a sandwich. Yeah, and you know what? Lasagna makes another great stocking stuffer. <laughs> 
It does. It does. It does. It might not fit in your traditional stocking, but you know, if you go find something and we just call it a stock. That's you it. Know, it can, you know, a stocking pan. You know, it's nothing wrong with that. A stocking pan. I'm sure that I'm sure that'll be trending next year on like Etsy. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and why not? You know what I mean? It, it's like you know, here's the thing about it. You know, there's something about consuming anywhere from 7,500 to 10,000 calories a day. I remember back in the day in college, I had to take a nutrition class. So one of the assignments was to, like, over a week's time or whatever, you got to average out. You record what you eat, then average out the calories. And I was preparing for a powerlifting contest back in the day. It was in the off season, right? So yeah. I pushed my weight from about 270 to about 302, I believe it was. Matter of Ooh. fact, because I remember – I was like, uh, it was Christmas, past Christmas, and I was like 297. I'm like going, I'm this close. I got to push it over three bills. I, I just have to. So I consumed yeah. until <laughs> January 2nd after the 2nd, and then I weighed in, and it was 302 and a half. I'll never forget. But figuring out the calories, I was averaging about 10,000 calories a day. Woo. I mean, yeah. wow. That was, yeah, no, well, and, and it was crazy because, you know, like, you know, they, um, I forgot who did it. It was either ESPN or SI did a, um, did a study about guys after they retired. They picked linemen right. to see how they did all their weight loss. And they were calculating what they were eating while they were playing to maintain their weight. And, then, of course, what they did to, to drop the weight. And, like, Joe <laughs> Thomas was, like, it was like ten to 12,000 a day. He's like waking up in the middle of the night to do, do like peanut butter smoothies yes. to keep his weight on him. And, and it was just – it was crazy. But, I mean, it, it's easy to see, right? I mean, especially when you're in season, you're like, I'm burning calories like crazy in practice because you're fighting guys, you're weightlifting, you're running, right, you're doing right. cardio. So you're like, I'm probably burning about four to 5,000, and then I got to put on that – Plus some, right, for maintenance and lifestyle. Right, so right. it's easy to see a seven, 8,000-calorie day easily. And then you just add a five-guys cheeseburger, and then next thing you know, you're there. <laughs> Maybe two. <laughs> Maybe two. Maybe two. Hey, 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 get the little cheeseburger and a regular cheeseburger. There you go. <laughs> I love how they say little cheeseburger. Who's counting, that? right? Yeah, and I love how they say little cheeseburger. It's a regular-sized cheeseburger. Right. They make you feel better. By saying it's a little cheeseburger. It's like it's See, a mental thing. <laughs> I love that. Fool me. Go ahead. Fool me. Exactly. You know, play with my emotions. When I say little cheeseburger, guess what? That means milkshake. Okay? That's that's what that says to me. I, I, I made a better decision than picking the regular cheeseburger. So, therefore, I can now supplement said uh, cached calories that I saved by getting the little cheeseburger. And... Even it out with the milkshake, and I still have fries <laughs> right in the middle. Just you know, pour, this just is, rounds out the entire place. This is how you, you know, I love how we double talk ourselves to weight gains, man. I mean, it's <laughs> yes, just, exactly. it's hey, wonderful. We, what is a victory week and a holiday week all in one? <laughs> we can do this. We can talk about it. We you know, the, we ran the gauntlet, Wolf. <laughs> amen to that, brother. You know, I'll never forget when I first checked into St. Vincent College. And God bless the nuns there, but they just were, they weren't, they had trouble with cooking. Uh, let's just put it that way, okay? But then, you know, during your era, they, they really upped the catering, you know, and you had pretty much five star yeah. catering, if I recall, when you came in in what, 04, 05 there? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you remember we had the lobster tail night. Remember that one? Oh my that, goodness! The surf and turf yes. night. Yes. Oh yep. my gosh! Yes. So yeah, I don't. I didn't see any nuns on the grill that day. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I, but I did see some guys in white hats. Uh, <laughs> yes. because so, you had Jeffesses, yeah. you know. I yeah, remember. Yeah, we, we I was the, sitting next Jeffices. to John Kolb, right where it was steak night. Yeah. John's looking at the steak, and it's. It's it's looking a little bit uh, weathered, you know. It looks more like leather little, than steak, little, right? A little charred. A little, <laughs> a little charred. charred. And John looks at it and he goes, "I think I can see the the uh, whip marks from the jockey." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, Those aren't char thing. marks. Those are whip marks, guys. That's that's that's, oh. that's from the jockey smack. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, uh, <laughs> whip, whip grilled steak. <laughs> that char grilled, whip grilled. <laughs> love the love the nuns, the great ladies, great ladies. But um, you know, they thought uh, blackened chicken was not a New Orleans style of cooking. That was just <laughs> everything was Cajun. Everything was <laughs> everything Cajun. Cajun eggs, grits. Cajun eggs. Cajun. <laughs> if you had burnt grits. <laughs> What 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 are these corncakes? No no, these are grits. These are grits. Oh oh, really? Okay, all right. Thought thought this was dressing. Thought it was dressing. Sorry. We, we, this my third or fourth year. Our strength coach, Walt Evans, decided we're going to go organic. Oh, so we're sitting there, and everyone's going, "Oh wow, we got roast beef," and then we're going. Uh, that's lasagna. <laughs> what? That can't be lasagna. That can't be. <laughs> so, lasagna looks so, like roast beef. Oh, God. <laughs> what's going on? Well, we got roast beef. Oh, no, it's lasagna. Oh, really? Imagine our surprise when you fit into the yeah. thing. You know? There's no sauce. There's no sauce. It's completely burnt. That's... Thought it was as you. <laughs> so, so in the early 80s, Subway moved into Latrobe, and we're like, we're saved. We got, we're saved. We got a mass exodus going from the, the dining hall to Subway. Oh, Exactly. Oh, Everybody my heavens. Everybody's getting the Italian BMT and tuna salad. No, it was seafood <laughs> and crab oh, salad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was that was a popular one. Yeah, you're right. It was even with the fake crab. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, well, when you had you when had you the get roast lasagna, yeah. <laughs> when you get roast lasagna, hey, of course. <laughs> Of course, oh. whip, that or whip grilled steak. I'll take the fake crab. At least I know it's fake. Absolutely, <laughs> they're not fooling me at this point. You <laughs> can't I, fool I, I me. I want to be fooled. <laughs> I want to be fooled. <laughs> oh my heavens! Oh Max, it is too oh. funny, man. <laughs> All right, you know, taking a look at uh, just kind of gandering at the at the Chiefs. You know what? I was looking at their schedule, and it was that was kind of a bumpy ride early on, wasn't it? I mean, you look yeah. at it, and you got Cleveland. They beat Cleveland coming out of the gates, but then they lost to Baltimore and the Chargers. And uh, you know, I remember Mahomes was struggling a little bit there, having some issues, if I if yeah. I recall correctly. Yeah, well, they 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 couldn't generate offense. Um, that was really one of the biggest things. Um, you were like, okay, what what is going on with the Chiefs? Um, you know, they they had they had 
some some issues where like Tyreek Hill and then, of course Clyde Edwards Lair and, and Mahomes that that new offensive line. Right. You got Creed Humphrey at center. You got a bunch yep. of you got Orlando Brown. You you a Cal Long was there apparently for some reason, but he never made it to a game. Uh, got re injured. Um, but you know they, they they went through a lot of like really like wonky turnovers. Um, you know early on in the game. Um, and 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 that was one of the things because you you were like, man, how is this team going to score? You know they, that lost to the Bills. Um, was right. You're just like, what's going on with them? Then the Tennessee Titans, they couldn't figure out offense. Um, so they, they they were they were struggling to figure out what their identity was. Um, but then you know they, then you get that Giants game that was way closer than it should have been. But that Green Bay Packers game, remember the game that Aaron Rodgers was out the whole immunized versus vaccinated. Right, right, whole, right. Whole that was the, so. the Green Bay game, right? Yeah, that was a Green Bay game, and and you saw Jordan Love come in, and 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 for some reason, I mean, I guess they won by attrition because uh, they they realized they had to put points on the board uh, yeah. because it seemed like nobody wanted to win that game. Yeah. Um, but then after that, then they kind of found their groove. Yeah. Um. And and they've they they've been reeling off wins, and that's why they're leading the AFC right now. So you know that Chargers game, we you know we watched it Thursday night. Um, that game was that game was a uh, was a very close game. Actually, Chargers should have won that game. Yeah. Truth be told, Wolf. True. Uh, yep. Way too many opportunities that that, that Chargers gave away going forward instead of kicking field goals um, that would have put that game out of reach. Um, and you know we wouldn't have had the overtime heroics of Travis Kelsey pretty much taking over the overtime. It was him and Pat just pitching toss as though it was like Pascal um, to win the game. Pascal or now, Pascal. I mean, a little flair. Pa- 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 yeah, Pascal. Okay. Pascal. All right. Just Pas- making sure. Pascali. Pascali. Yeah, there you go. Now, there now. You go, Pascali. Um, but, a man who has been yeah. to Italy should be able to say that, right? That, that that is true. That is true. A guy who's actually had Parma ham in Parma, Italy, should be able to say that. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I it's been it's been it's been a great ride for them, and I think that you know they they benefited from scheduling. Um, you know, Raiders, you know, that game and the Broncos games, I mean, those games were pretty much – I mean, they they allowed – the defense only allowed nine points in both of those games. I mean, in this win streak, I mean, you think about this, the defense is <coughs> – sorry about that. Has been you hawked up, up a hairball. I did, I did. Yeah. Has been giving up 17 points or less in victories. Um, so that's something we have to be mindful of is that – the defense, even though we're worried about the offense, the defense has also done their job at really limiting uh, what teams can do to them and getting turnovers. Um, you right. Know, we, we, we previewed Honey Badger yesterday um, and talking about just his ability, but also, you know, Chris Jones and being able to generate pressure and eliminate a lot of the and, and so that's another thing. You know, we're already talking about the Steelers who, who struggle to put points on the board, and then this is a defense who gives up right around – you know what what we're what we're getting so we've got to actually be more on on point and more locked boy do we ever on 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 what our assignments are and especially in that loud stadium we talked about that yesterday how loud arrowhead is and kind of the mindset that also the placebo of reading all of that stuff on the boards as you're walking out of your locker room to the tunnel right that kind of gets in your head and then sometimes if you believe it's louder than it is you'll perceive it as being louder than it really is. And that adds to the mystique of already 
close to 100,000 people in the stadium yelling their, their minds out post-Christmas, and guys will be in Santa suits or Andy Reid outfits. Uh, they're both the same <laughs> this time of year. Uh, yep. Just yeah. one has a cheeseburger and one doesn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One's a Hawaiian shirt, the other one's a coat. You know, yeah. I mean, that's really that's the only it. difference. <laughs> no doubt. The one thing that does give you a little flicker in your ticker when you look at the schedule, right, is the fact that even yeah. though they're a little bit up and down with, with some of the stuff in, but the, the, the offensively, they still score over 40 points and 50. They almost scored 50 against the Vegas Raiders, but that was so so much turnovers by the Raiders. But they've done it, yeah. what, three, four times now, out of uh, three times out of 13? I mean, th- these yeah. guys are capable of putting up huge numbers. But by and large, a lot of it too has to come comes from the defense because they're 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 a takeaway machine. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, both games against the Raiders were forty point plus affairs, and then also the Philadelphia Eagles um, was another one where they where they put up forty two. So it's uh, but but you know, but you look at some of the other games, right? I mean, you look at this span um, right here, week eleven and twelve. Cowboys nineteen points to get that victory, nineteen to nine. Then. Against the Broncos, twenty-two to nine, um, to seal that victory. Right. So I mean, so there, there, there's been there's been some games <clears throat> where they where they've had to really go uh, to the hilt with them, and I think that that's the thing. And then look at their schedule. I mean, listen, Wolf. If, if we're going pie in the sky here, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going pie in the sky. Right. I mean, after us, the Chiefs have the Bengals and the Broncos again. Let's just say we happen to take this victory right. and the Bengals lose next week at home. How about that? We're, we're, we're right in the thick of things. We're right where we want them, Wolf. We got them right, right where, where we, we want them, them baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, so, so yeah. So, th- this game is important. I know Bob wrote it off yesterday. We were talking to him last Right, of like, course. Yep, I'm not even thinking about this. I'm just thinking about the Browns and the Ravens after that. I'm like, ah, come on, lads. You got to have hope. This time of year, if you if you want to try and 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 do the do the impossible or dare to be daring, you've 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 got you got a hope and wish, and I think the Steelers still have an opportunity here. I think they have a chance to still put something up together and 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 mount some type of some type of rally to possibly beat them because they're not immortal. You know no, what I'm saying? They, they aren't just like everybody else. They bleed like every other man. Yes, they right? do. And and this team has had its own bugaboos. And, and and this is something that if we can apply pressure to Pat Mahomes, we can keep him on the bench. Yes. There is there is an opportunity. And and I think that's kind of the thing. Yes, we'll monitor obviously the COVID situation there, you know, having two guys there that prominent names that, that are out, one being Travis Kelsey and, and the other was which one? Tyreek. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So I mean you're talking about the, the cheetah and 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 the un, and, and the lion, the, uh, unstoppable. Yeah, 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 exactly. The cheetah and the lion. There, there we you go. go. I like that. You one. got you, you got them. Yeah. All yeah, right. You got the two top beasts uh, that are not available. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna continue our beastly ways here as we motor on, and you got Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh Steelers Nation Radio. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, 
planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Now, the Chiefs have won seven in a row, Max. You know, I mean, they are getting on a roll, okay? So they got, they've won seven in a row, and in their four losses that they've incurred, they're 10-4, and four, they've allowed at least 27 points with three of their op- opponents scoring at least 30. Now, it's the problem is the Steelers have only scored 30 one time, and that was against the Chargers in that 41-37 overtime. Manufacturing points is going to be a problem. I mean, you know, we can talk about Mahomes, but just manufacturing points, period, even against low liars like Detroit and so forth, it's been a problem. And one of the things that has been part of the solution has been a little more up-tempo offense because they've had to do it. But you're not, it's going to be difficult as all get out to even think about going up-tempo at Arrowhead. <clears throat> it's going to be tough, but... Like you said, if you can catch them in lulls, true. As far as the crowd, or you can do things to silence the crowd, right? Then it allows for those opportunities, right? I think that's where you kind of have to be on your p's and q's if you're Matt Canada and Ben Roethlisberger to say, okay, if we if we silence the crowd, if we hear silence, up tempo, let's get on the ball real quick. Let's go ahead and let's try and catch them off guard while we have a chance. I can make a couple of adjustments at the line. And we can go immediately. So that, but that takes attention to detail, right? That takes the attention to detail, and now that's an extra layer when you're practicing to know that you have some ready plays within your personnel groupings. That's saying, okay, if we're going to come out in well, two tights, right? Two tights. We have a good play action play. Boom. Let's get to the line. Let's try and get a run play. Keep the personnel in there, and let let's let's hurry up. If we're in eleven, right? We have a full arsenal of plays that's available that we can get right up to the line, get the formation, and go, and then try and put that pressure on. That's where you have to kind of vary the tempo and cadence right. I got really you. take Kansas City out of their own norm. You don't have to go full up tempo. You can still huddle. But know that if you do get that big play, boom, on the line, let's go. You know, I think that's something that, you know, we kind of, we kind of don't get to see. The one thing I'll tell you, the team that I saw do that and did it pretty effectively um, early in the game, Carolina um, with Cam Newton. If they had a big play where they gained a first down off of like a first or second down play, they right. were right on the line. They were snapping immediately. In fact, I had to make sure I kept my mouth quiet because I was like, bam, they were, they're right on the ball, ready to go. And they tried to keep that pressure, and they did that at the, at the first quarter and the, and the beginning of the third quarter on their successful drives. That's what they did to do that. Um, you know, so I thought that was something that was interesting. And I was like, man, I, I was like, that would be something I wish, you know, to just consider something where they can just get in that instead of like predetermining, hey, this is our up-tempo drive, guys. This is our no-huddle drive. It's like be able to react in-game, right. in-moment, specific situ- situations where they can just they just unleash re- it just for a play, just to change it up so that you can catch them off guard. See, because I think the other thing is when t- people people take time, that's when they can adjust and, and make those that make those type of adjustments. Sure, and especially at home, that gives the crowd time to breathe and swell. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And create all exactly. those ginormous uh, communication problems. Oh, I like what you're talking about. I think some of it can be mitigated, too, by the fact that we can't unleash the Kraken. All right? I mean, we've talked about this. Zach Banner, if Pat Fryermuth can't make it this week because, you know, from getting doinkified, you, if you can't make it, you know, you got yourself uh, 6'12". We got him. Kevin Rader is a guy, that being Zach Gentry, sorry. Um, but you also have Kevin Rader, who was downgraded last week before the game with a hip. But maybe that hip is is feeling better. You know, we'll have to find out as the week progresses yeah. along and see where he's at. But you've already got two very good blockers there in that grouping. If you got the Jumbo, the Kraken, all right, Zach Banner yeah. coming out too, there's some things where, uh, by golly, I think – Here's, here's one of my, my problems. I, I think when you go bunch and you have that bunch sitting right there next to the tight end or the uh, tackle and you want to run that pitch, you know what I'm talking about? You got to yeah. have – I like Ray Ray. I think Ray Ray is is a tough guy. He tries his best. Uh, some of the other – there's no, there's no Heinz Wards amongst the wide receivers. Chase Claypool no. could be, but he he's not. Heinz Ward in that respect of, of being so physical. He's more physical than the others, but you've got to have guys that can seal on those on, on that down block and be able to create a lane when you got Danny Moore pulling around. Danny Moore can run. Danny Moore can get to the corners. Danny Moore can throw his body around out there and do some damage to anybody that's sitting off out, out on, the, you know, on the flat there. But you've got to have the down blocks coming to be able to wipe that inside and create – uh, for for Najee, that ability to see that hole and then hit it and get it north and south. Yeah, exactly. And and, and I like the incredible bulk. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm gonna call him. Right? You get it, Bruce Banner, Zach Banner, right? Incredible Hulk, incredible bulk. bulk. There we the go. The Kraken. Yeah. Hey, we can throw crack the Kraken in, in there too. Bulk. Yeah, the Kraken. Uh, you know, a crack. The Kraken on a crack block. There you go. Right? We got to get a Kraken on the crack block. Oh, could you imagine yeah. him in motion coming and cracking? <laughs> That would be absolutely astonishing. I mean, listen, listen, fat guys on roller skates, right? You know. <laughs> Tunch Woo! once said when I, I played goal line tight end towards the end of my career, Tunch said one time, because I, I came in motion, and he goes, you're prancing. You were prancing. I said I was not. I was in motion. I just did it with great style points. All right? <laughs> you Your swagger was on display. <laughs> exactly. You know it. Oh my God! But I mean, but yeah, and we're sitting here. Obviously, it's the holiday times. We're making a Christmas wish list right now, of, right? Of things we'd like to see on the football field. But no doubt, no I, doubt. I, but but I think yeah, I think if you can, because here's the thing: as much as I love our tight ends, yes. and I think they're when we're talking about some of the decline in the run game, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of seepage from the tight ends, right? Right. I mean, we look at a couple of games where. You know, backside cutoffs weren't sealed as cleanly. Right. Uh, front side, double the quad block with double tight end blocking right. up to the DN, up to the front side backer. Not as clean, right? Getting split on the double T. Like, there have been moments where it's like, if you have Banner in there, you probably don't have this issue. You know, and, and I think that's one of the things, especially when we're when we're down on tight ends, right? We, we've got Ebron on IR. We don't know the status of Pat Fryermuth. And we have a guy dressing. He has a uniform and a helmet on every time on the side. He's warming up every offensive series to keep himself ready right. at a moment's notice. Let let that dog hunt. Let oh, dog I like hunt. that. You know, and I think that that's one of the things that, 
you know, it, 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 it's there. It's like one of those things is so obvious that <clears throat> it, it, it almost makes too much sense. You know, and being on the sidelines, watching it, and you can see he's just hungry to get out there. It's like, let this dude go out on a block play and just unleash all of his frustrations. Because we know, we know there's some pent-up frustrations. As former linemen, we carry a lot of pent-up frustrations during the week. So to be able to kick those dirty thoughts and habits out of our mind by going and causing pain to another human being, it's a great feeling. <laughs> and it's legal. It's legal. If I go to the grocery store... Right. And decide to go take out an aisle just because I'm frustrated on, on my own deuce block into the shelving. I get arrested. Yes. You know, but on a football field, if I go throw my shoulder into another person who's tr- who's trying to cause harm to my quarterback, I'm lauded for it. See the difference? Let let me kick my ha- let me have my own therapy session on the field. There you go. You know? Exactly. I'm a bull in the China shop. And guess what? Nobody wants this China. You know what I'm saying? Just just go and go rough shot over over the opponent. Well, the best thing about it is doing that. You know, they and matter of fact, they've taken away the best thing about it because one of the best things about it was after you threw a guy, a guy on the ground, you could gore him. You know what I mean? There was a, it was yeah. the the coup de gras. You know what I mean? You you, you apply the final stroke because here's the way it was back in the trenches was always about. Who's the last man standing? Who's the better man? You're going to find out after three hours of being out in there. And one of the best things was was being able to bury an opponent because he would bury you at every opportunity that he can. No doubt about it. So you take great retribution and fun and pulverize a guy and slam him to the ground, and it's great family fun when you could pile on and gore him. You know what I mean? That was just part of it back in the day. Now it's a little bit different. You know, there's uh, more etiquette that's involved in – the close combat trench warfare of the offensive and defensive lines. But still, nonetheless, there's the physicality that needs to be applied and needs to be able to be expressed in good, fruitful ways, like pile driving a guy into the ground. That's expressing yourself. Yeah. Well, you have to use more spatula than fork, Wolf. Okay, yeah. So, so That's a good spatula, point. Yeah, it's more pancake and yes. sustained as opposed to the pancake, and then the fork to then pick up the pancake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so more spatula than fork in this situation is 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 needed, um, you know, because you have to make a guy feel better about him. But there's still nothing more demoralizing than when you're laying on top of another human being oh. and they can't do anything about it. Nope. And then they and then, and then hey hey you you know the combine you know that be- that's where the bench press comes into play because I always wonder that I'm like we're judging the bench press but really if I have to utilize a bench press that means I'm on my back yeah no right? it's because you have to have a good flat highly back, highly overrated is a bench press let yeah. me tell you yeah exactly I can see incline press that's right more, that's more that's more utility you know when judging strength because that's where you want your guys at you don't want them flat back that means that means they're supine to the ground that means They've been buried. That means that means somebody has come in and dug a grave for them, and they must get themselves out of said grave by pushing up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. But flapjacks, flapjacks, flapjacks. Spatula over fork, spatula over fork. Just remember that. Did you ever hear? I heard a commercial one time. It was a, it was a comedy thing, and it, it was Spatula City. <laughs> the guy's going Spatula oh. City. We have every spatula. <laughs> yeah, no demand. For your spatching needs. <laughs> for your spatching <laughs> needs. Oh, I just I love stuff like that. It, it just cracks yeah. me up. But seriously, you make a great point. And one of the things that I think that the Steelers' offensive line has done a good job of, of at least in their effort finishing blocks, trying to finish blocks, 
that's come along. Obviously, it's not where you want. No, we haven't gotten to uh, where this offensive line is operated at 100%. But, you know, you got guys out there that are that increasingly are desiring to finish the blocks. Now, part of that is is what we've also discussed, too. If you go back, the backs have to hit the hole a little bit quicker. Sometimes there are holes there. I mean, you, you see them, and, and, and they're there, and they choose another way. And that's part and parcel of those these zone blocking schemes. One of the things I love about man blocking schemes is there's a lot more of the um, I got you, uh, you got him, and boom, you know, away we go, and who's going to win? That's the sort of thing that I think maybe simplification Man blocking, double teams, that sort of thing, and work on rolling back the line of scrimmage rather than making the opponent run east and west. That's one of the things I think maybe could help this offensive line get kickstarted a little bit. Yeah, no, man blocking is always great because it's like it's me, yours, ours, and theirs. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's just it's just boom, boom, boom. We point them out, we knock them down, right? You know what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. Like going bowling. You know, and 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 I think that's kind of where it has to be. When you think of zone, it's you have to be more area conscious, which I'm never a fan. You know, I'm, I've never been a fan of, of zone blocking schemes. I they have their merits, right? Because it gives the running back uh, some cutback lanes. It gives them some other opportunities. But man blocking is one where it's like mano y mano. It's me versus you, and guess what? I don't lose. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like mentally, you take that perspective. And then it's Clash of the Titans. Yep. And I, I want I, I, I would love for there to be more of that because I think this line is more built for that than it is more so the kind of zone scheme. And it, yes, you can get some in there, but you have to get flow. And I haven't seen linebacker flow because Najee's shown that he's kind of hesitant. So guys will tend to sit in the hole a little bit more and then they can make the plays backside. Or if they or if they can outrun a backside cutoff by your tight end and run the play down from behind. Like, those are the things where it's like, if that's happening way too frequently because guys aren't staying on their lanes and aren't mishing together as they roll up, right? then maybe you need to go man blocking scheme. So we know that's yours. Stop that one. I've got this one. You know what I'm saying? Gap. Let's run double, right? Let's run a little fay. Let, let, let's get where we have man on man on man. So I would love to see some of that. I mean, I think that – but I think also Zach Banner. Zach Banner. another – it's another way that you get to the man blocking scheme. A little gamma radiation. Who knows what could happen? Good things hey, could happen. Exactly. It, it, hey, it's gamma radiation tea. <laughs> you know, let, let, let's just let's let's just enjoy. Let's sit back and watch and sip on some tea. Indeed. <laughs> hey, let's go to break. You got Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room. ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Now, see, that was interesting, Max. We had a discussion about technique. Now, it's not like TV repairmen. It's not like um, a pottery guy, you know, on the wheel and water and stuff. We're talking about two hogs coming together on a double team and the importance of being able to become hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder. 
When you do that, when you are unified in that, in, in you can take anybody off the line of scrimmage as long as you have that low pad level. I mean, seriously. Uh, I Next to Mike Webster, who is the greatest postman going, and by postman, that's the guy that initially makes the contact to set the guy up. One of the things that Mike did so very well in a 3-4 defense with a nose tackle, he would get that, that inside hand position, lift the pad level of that guy and expose the hip, which when you're only 6'1", like I am, I'm predisposed to getting to the hip of the man. <laughs> Rather rather than his upper body because, you know, I'm a little on the short side. So doing that, though, when you keep those hips together, you can take anybody off the ball. And it's almost a dying art form, it looks like to me, in so many offensive lines across the league where guys are not hip-to-hip on those double teams. Yeah, it's something that is still taught. It's just whether they have the time, I believe to make sure that they are getting the nuance of that technique. I think when you have more limited opportunities in training camp, limited opportunities in OTAs, you can't really oh, yeah. get to get to the nuance of it because it's still something you're always taught, hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder, right? And like you were talking about, double forklifts on the postman, yep. and then the other guy comes in, you're the bowling ball, right? right. You're going to knock that hip over because you can't hit shoulder because shoulder tilts and yes. there's still body still in balance. So you always aim for that. And they hip. can fight you with their shoulder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless, of mm-hmm. course, it's Casey Hampton. Yeah, Casey was just, there was just something unreal about when you go to his hip, that was like hitting an oak tree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you were hitting logs yeah, at that, that point. That but, was painful. But, but, the, but those types of I only of, say that, Max, I have to say, is I yeah. was doing a thing on TV uh, with Casey. And we were demonstrating the te- technique on a double team. And he threw his hip into me as I stepped down. He just about folded me over. <laughs> the old man that I <laughs> And it was only it was only just a minor bump. And I was thinking, great googly moogly. That would have crushed me if I'd been playing him. <laughs> well, well and here's the thing. You're that that's also that moment when you did that where you're like, this is why I'm retired. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and this this is why I no longer play, guys. This yep, is, this is why retirement is, is a very good suit that I wear well. Uh, <laughs> Amen to yeah. that, brother. But but yeah, I mean, and, and but like you said, th- th- but there's not that many Casey Hamptons in the league, right? You know, style of body types. Like everybody's a lot slimmer. They're quicker. They're they're more lean and more agile. So, th- but you still come into contact. You still have the base principle of postman forklift get the hip exposed, tackle or guard, come down, pin that hip with your near shoulder, near hip, and you move up and in. You move up and in to force that action with with that elbow flipper, right? right. Usually going for the rib cage, and then you're using your body to then use the hip to, for the scoot technique, to scoot him over so that he is on your postman so that you can then, and once the linebacker flows over the top, he gets parallel to plus, that's when you come off. Yeah. Or if he backside knife, then it turns into a full down block. Right. Right. You right. convert that because you are in a position where you can then use your body to wall if that happens, if you get backside fire or minus right. fire. So it, it's something that, you know, I think has to be repped. And, and I know guys still use it. I know they still teach it. 
because I've, I've gone to practices and watched them work those things on the double team pads. So I know that it's still taught. It's just maybe it's not emphasized as much because you only get such so much time now where you have guys in pads and you'd rather them go against their teammates than get individual period. True. True. And one of the, the, the thing about it is it's the angle of, of both guys together. They cannot be coming together pointedly like an arrow. They've got to be yeah. more unified like a spear, I guess. Yeah. I don't even know how to make because I don't know if you go Greek, Roman, the spears, they were a little bit. <laughs> the point being yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> the point is it's, it's got to be more unified north and south to get your power, you know, to get those ham hocks at churn. One of the things that I always, with when I, when I used to train kids at my gym, uh, martial arts sports complex, you remember that place, right? Oh, yeah. I would take the, the offensive linemen, I would take them outside and have them push cars. Because one of the things you learn right away is the body leverage, the pad level, the everything comes together intrinsically. Because to push a car, especially for a young buck, maybe he's only a couple hundred pounds, you know, to get that car moving at all, you've got to put all your abilities a muster in a low level. You know what I mean? And it teaches you that pad level, that 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 body level to be able to. Uh, be able to run block in a way that is powerful and, and overwhelming. And I thought that was one of the greatest teaching tools because aside from the muscular activity you you develop from pushing cars and, and the, so forth is the fact that you wire yourself together in a st- uniform strength mode to learn the leverages that are necessary. And that's a teaching tool all by itself. And, you know, it's funny, out here at AMDG Sports with uh, Charles Bentley, Right. That's what we have the guys that we do truck pushes twice a week. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. We and can you get lower than a bumper? Yes. I, I I don't know guys who can get lower than bumpers. So boom. Hey guys, we're going out, we're doing truck pushes, and it was twenty each way, and you had a you had, you had a three man weave going. You had it down at one end, another one, and then you had the pusher in the middle, and they would take turns. That was the work. See, that's fabulous day. because that in and of itself, not only will it develop you physically, muscularly develop strength and endurance and all those things, but it also teaches you positioning and body leverages. That's that's terrific. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah, though, 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 because it creates your hinge angles. You have to be able to have ankles, knees, hips as one joint as a spring, but your body must be flat and on that kind of arced low angle and hit and rise because that's what creates the drive angles for your legs and your hips to clear so that you can churn those things like an engine, right? You know, you've got to be able to get that body churn. And it, and it always starts out short choppy. Right. To get the leverage. Short steps. To get yourself into position, and then you can get to more full regular steps. You don't want to over – and that's what the other thing. It teaches you not to overstep as well. Right. But the other part is – here's the part. I don't like that waddle step. I'm sorry. I don't like the waddle yeah. step for offensive linemen. The waddling where you rock, you rock back and forth because you're creating. It's not how I put it. It's it's not a smooth way of moving, humanly speaking. I mean, you were you were meant yeah. to run. Chuck Noll always said you run block like you run. You know what I mean? And your feet are a little yeah. bit wider, but you take shorter steps and you keep yourself in line rather than rocking back and forth and creating yeah. that wobble. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to create the wobble, right? That's why that's why short, choppy foot over foot creates the the inertia to be able there to you go. take off after about the second or third step. But it's always to get the lever anchored in to then assess the weight 
and then apply the appropriate opposing force. You know, and that that's what we try and make sure. We make sure that guys aren't splaying their feet out, right? I, yes. You know, getting in that duck walk position. Right, because you know, your hips are duck, now duck, 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 duck. going yeah. outward. All your power is being uh, uniformly yeah. messed up, really, basically. Yeah, because you, you've got to have those knees and hips in line. That's your most powerful position. Once you bow the knees out, that's when you become in a, in a, in a quote-unquote weaker position. Right. Yes, it can get you lower. But at the same time, you're less powerful. But when it's hinged in, in that in that aerodynamic, everything's on top of sitting on top of each other like a coiled spring, it pops. Yes, you know. And, now you're and, speaking and, the king's English, man. Yeah, there it is. There, there it is. is. And, we, and now we've just broken down offensive line training. Please go. Feel free to go in your backyards, everybody. It's Christmas break. Send the kids out. Have them flip a tire. Push your car around. There you, you know? go. Those are fun activities. Who needs who needs a video game system, right? Not when you got a good a good bumper and a, and a spare tire laying around. There's no doubt about that. I mean, for crying out loud, go out there and just push that car, kids. Oh, I like yeah, it. It'll exactly. save on gas, too, you know? Yeah, it does. It does. Unless you live on a hill, then, then it sucks for, for the kid. And now here's the point, too. There's, there's lighter guys on that Kansas City defensive line. You know what I'm talking about. Now, Chris oh, yeah. Jones, is a, he's a beast. I mean, that guy is – that guy's a lion up front. He, you know, he is one yeah. of those guys. Uh, he's, you know, he's he, he is uh, he, he's a widowmaker and a heartbreaker. You know, what I mean, one of those guys that can yeah. uh, give you a long, long day. I just wonder if he's going to clear protocol. I mean, yeah, that's the one thing about it. Um, but other than that, you know, up front, this is not a beastly group. This is a group yeah, that's it, given up uh, big yardage. I mean, three sixty six a game total yards. They're 24th in the league. It's not like they're setting the league on fire as far as yardage and, and sacks. You know, they're, they, they've only got, what, uh, 27 sacks, something like that. 27 sacks. I mean, you know, Frank Clark, uh, uh, you know, has not been that guy that we've expected. Um, you know, Jaron Reed is, is a bigger dude. Right. Um, sitting at 307. But he, he, he he's not a world beater. Um, so, I mean, when you look at, like you said, outside of Chris Jones, it really doesn't scare you. Right. As, There's as nobody there that scares you. And I think that's what, and then you got, you got Mel Ingram and you got Alex Okafor, right? Yeah. One, one, you got traded because you needed some type of pass rush. Another guy you picked up, you know, um, as an unsigned free agent in Okafor, Alex, I had Alex and I were teammates out here in Arizona briefly during training camp. Okay, um, great guy, but he doesn't really have the quick twitch that he used to have. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities, and they're, they're a team that runs kind of a, a hybrid, kind of four-two nickel type front. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of opportunities there. I mean, when you look at it, you could say we could take advantage of this because there are guys who don't necessarily move that great. They, we haven't had the opposing where it's like, dang, these two D tackles are just absolutely destroying our guys. Right. I don't. I don't see that. Like Chris Jones has the capability of doing that in moments, but it's not consistent. Um, it's 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 not going to be one of those guys that's just absolutely a dog. You know, it's not it's not Simmons and Jones that we saw right. last, you know last week in, in Tennessee. Um, these guys can be moved, and they've been put on roller skates many a times by good double teams. But I think, like you said, it's that attention to detail and getting together and not fighting against each other right right it's, it's creating a wall versus creating a spear and, and that's what you have to get to where you need to be able to move together in unison and create a moving wall forward versus 
opposing forces hitting hitting at, at different points and allowing for that split of the double team. That's the problem. You know, when you when you get those opposing forces that are that are just like congealing on that down lineman. I mean, you're negating each other's power. You know, and that's yeah. unfortunately one of the things that I think with the young offensive lines, look, you know, you got the big Leglue. The guy's only in his what? This would be his third start if he starts this game, right? You got Kendrick yeah. Green in his 13th start, you know, 14th start coming up in this game. I mean, that's that's part of the problem. Now, you got Trey Turner, who's a veteran on the other side, but still, I've still seen some issues with them not being able to get hip-to-hip and so forth. And that's something that you got to work out, and it's got to be better. And they would expect better. I mean, these are these are guys; these are good; these are competent young pros that can get the job done. But it's again the the the, the attention to detail, and then the execution, the actual execution of the technique, which comes about in high pressure situations. And you got to be able to handle it. You got to be able to bring it. I mean, no matter what, no matter the sound level, no matter what the play's called. However, you know, you've got to be able to bring it and have that sort of ability to focus in the midst of chaos because when you're in an arrowhead when you're in a mile high stadium when you're in the astrodome when you're in you know whatever stadium uh the u.s bank u.s bank oh yes u.s bank arena i mean that's ear splitting decibel levels and keeping your composure is ginormous because let me tell you something there can be panic ensuing in the huddle if you have a couple back-to-back plays where something's broken out you know and you've got uh, issues guys you know, busting through the line and not picking up. There can be panic ensuing. One of the things I always loved about Mike Munchak that I always respected about him, Munch on the sidelines, you watch when when you guys go to the sidelines, he never panicked. You know, he was always yeah. about, hey, just calm down, get a, get a cup of Gatorade, sit down, we'll talk about it. That's going to be important. That's going to be important for Adrian Clem with these young guys in Arrowhead. Yeah, no, it, it's important to keep that cool head. It's important not to get emotional in the moment. You have to be able cooler heads will prevail. Yes. And you will be and, and also as a player, right? I don't I don't want my coach yelling at me because I'm gonna be less receptive to the information he's giving me. Right. So we've got to be able to present it in a way, hey, listen guys, this is what we gotta do. All right. Let's look at the let's look let's look at the tablet, figure it out, and let's move on to the next series. So that's what I, you you know, you hope you can get back into the lab and guys can be receptive to that. But we've got we've got to make that progress. We've got to make that progress this week. All right. Well, we're going to be back with the next hour, <laughs> and we're going to have the Jim, great Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider showing up here in the locker room. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be back after this.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right. High atop Bridgeville Hill. I like it up here. You know what? The studios smell just nice, like new. You know what I mean? There's not the musky order order here. But I do know a guy that's not musky at all. <laughs> that would be Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider. Hello, Wex. How you doing, my friend? Wex, are you there, buddy? Do, do we have Wex? After that glorious intro of non-mustiness, <laughs> I think I think I think you've turned him away. You've you've odor blocked him. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm here. Oh, there you are. Okay, okay. There we go. There we go. Hey, Wex. Okay. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I did not hear this glorious intro. I want to hear it. <laughs> well, I said we, we were talking about the fact that this, these studios are so nice up here. All right. And, and I, the new digs here for iHeart, right? So we're in here and we're talking about the fact that it smells so nice in the studio. It's not musky at all. And then I just went on to, to introduce you as one guy that's not, has no muskiness about him. That would be Jim Wexel. <laughs> so. No wonder I hung up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. To my point. I was like, he uh, he odor blocked you with that one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but Wex, you know, obviously we had the, the Tomlin press conference yesterday, and and Coach had some very colorful reviews. So you know, just kind of a recap for our for our listeners that didn't go in. You know, just kind of break down. I, I saw the first thing. You know, when I was reading was when I was reading your article on SteelCityInsider.com, dot uh, com. You were talking. You know, Coach Tomlin made the comments about. Offensively, not getting into a rhythm. Washington fumble and Ben Roethlisberger. Just kind of talk to us about, you know, kind of his his review. I, I won't put any adjectives in front of him. I'll just say his review of the offensive performance in the first half. Oh man, I don't know if I remember specifics on that. <laughs> I, I thought in general yeah. he was positive. Uh, I thought he blamed the punt team more than anyone. Yes, he did. Hit, he did. He did hit Presley Harvin pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, and, and but then he uh, coached them up later. You know, with public yes. coaching up. Um, uh, I, I really, I can't remember what you said about the yeah, offense. So, what possibly could it have been good? They didn't turn the ball over. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good. And you know, we we often take that um, lightly. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they needed. They needed all four of the plus four turnovers to win by a yard. So uh, I don't, I don't know point. that the offense is praiseworthy, but they did not turn it over, except for James Washington, which was um, negated by – and this was the most amazing play of the entire day, in my opinion, is how Ben survived that wicked bull shot to the knee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Romo's saying, "Ah, oh, this isn't this isn't a penalty." I'm like, "What? This is exactly why this penalty was was legislated to begin with." Um, you know, th- you know that the, the chest shove ahead. as well. Oh, sorry, that, the chest shove as well. That's the by point. Nick Jones on the run play. You yes. don't call a penalty on that. Which one? The one where Ben got knocked down on, when he when he handed the ball off to Nye. Oh, and the guy. Took yeah, yeah, that that was just missed. Yeah, but yeah. so uh, he's standing next to the referee. The referee looked and then looked upfield for for the running back. I was like, 
You saw Let that. Me you, just work you were this. standing close. <laughs> yeah. Let me just work this in, Max. I don't know uh, how much you've studied the African-American uh, uh, breaking the uh, uh, color barriers in, in football back in the early 50s, but I'm reading a book right now because I want to steal stuff from my own book. It's called <laughs> The Color okay. of Sundays by uh, Andrew Conte. It's fantastic. And he's, I just got to the part in 1950 where an African-American quarterback from Drake went to Oklahoma State to play in a game. And uh, the coach, uh, uh, you know, of Oklahoma State used uh, racial epithets to fire his team up the entire week. And the first play, uh, somebody rushed him just like they rushed Ben, but punched him right in the face mm. after, he'd ha- after he'd handed off. Broke his jaw. But he gets up and throws a touchdown pass. Wow. Comes out for the next series, same same thing, hands off, same guy, punched him right in the face. Uh, whatever was left of his jaw is now in, in total shambles. He, he, he stays in. Everybody's trying to get him to come out. He stays in and runs for four yards and collapses. And they had to carry him off and run. And Drake pulled out of the Missouri Valley Conference and wanted some uh, – um, you know, wanted some support and nobody, they had, they had films, uh, you know, Bill Nunn's paper. And that's why I'm reading this book. Cause it's, it's Bill Nunn oriented. Bill Nunn's newspaper yeah. had photos and they had film and they showed everybody. Everything was very cut and dry. Unlike this. I mean, we really couldn't review this because I don't really think yeah. anybody saw it, but I think everybody saw this. So it's kind of an analogous that, yeah, what they did to Ben was bad, but <laughs> there has been worse. Well, that's true. Well, that, that player was Johnny Bright. Uh, did you talk about the African American? Yes, quarterback? very good. Yes, very Johnny good. Bright. Um, very good. Yeah, no, that, that's one of the things. I, I, I'm also a historian myself, and especially, you know, um, especially when it comes to you know our sport, our great sport of football, and kind of you know some of the different, um, you know, things that we, we've had to overcome in order to be able to be considered to play this sport. Um, you know, as athletes. So, yeah, that's one that, that always lives, you know, in my mind. Yeah, Johnny Bryden, every time during, you know, Black History Month in February, I always like to put out so, some type of little nugget from football lore, um, you know, to talk about some different different places where, where we've come from and where we're at now. And uh, that's one that's always one of those one of those very prominent thoughts is, is the Johnny Bright story against Oklahoma State. Hence why I still don't want to go to Stillwater and call a game. <laughs> hey, Wex. Have you, have you, we got to have a film we, of it? Uh, no, I've not seen the film of it. You know, I've, I've read the stories about it and, uh, and, and read, the, read the newspaper clippings about it, but I've not seen the film of it. We need to have a new segment here Stump the Starsky. <laughs> I noticed. You know, I, 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 this guy's this guy's it's a good all thing over. I didn't make any of that stuff up. You know, I could have. Yeah. You know how I elaborate on my story. <laughs> this is the only time I've never lied. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Great googly moogly. Oh my goodness, that's just an incredible well, I story. I didn't need. To, I didn't need to add on to that story. It's incredible as it is. So I was yeah. reading that just now, and I was thinking about Ben. And I'm like, wow, yeah. you know, we think Ben has it bad. Yeah, <laughs> he's not near as no. bad. No, no, no not I mean, some of the stories about Paul Robeson and and kind of his early days. Hmm. Um, th- those are also some other ones, but from the early, you know, twenties, tw- early twenties. 
Um, that was that was another one. Yeah, you don't want to read those. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, have you uh, uh, have you read the book uh, Conti's book? No, I have not. But okay. that that is one that I, I do want I do want to read. I, I, I'm intrigued by it, and that's probably what I'm going to use as my off season reading material. Um, since you know okay. stat sheets are not important to read weekly now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, once I get uh, done stealing and plagiarizing, I'll give it to you. And, oh, <laughs> perfect. perfect! Hey, li- li- listen, I'm always about saving a tree. Listen, if I don't have to go into you know and, and take another book, yeah, I'll, de- I'll definitely. I, lo- I love used books. <laughs> Do you write in the borders? Do you write in the borders? That's 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 the important thing. I like to know. You know, I always love. When people I, write I, the borders I when do. you get a used book. <laughs> yeah. I have underlined a few things that I intend to steal fully, and I've added some notes yeah. to uh, uh, add on to this. No, uh, I, 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 of course, will credit everything. But I, I, uh, Bill Nunn is the main featured man in this book, and there's really not enough on Bill Nunn out there. And as you know, I'm writing a, a Steelers draft history book. So that's I really need cool. all the Bill Nunn information that I can oh, because awesome. it's it, it's starting to look like uh, Bill Nunn had a bigger part in four Super Bowls than we had. I mean, we knew it was a big part, but geez. <laughs> well, you can only imagine yeah. how it was for me when I used to go and sit in with him, and I remember him slap, slapping me on the back one time and said, Craig Wolfley, it's so good. You know what? You're the only guy I ever missed on. <laughs> 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 I was oh like, well, God. you know, if he's such a he was such a great sports, you know, uh, a guy to be able to um, you know, rate talent and everything and if I got to be the one that he missed on, hey, I'm I'm somebody. <laughs> yeah, that has to be a very uncomfortable well, laugh. <laughs> when he says that. I, I loved him. No, I loved uh, Bill. Bill was just yeah, so no. awesome. One of the things I loved about uh, I Bill Nunn. Go ahead. I was talking to one of the scouts, and they would say that, you know, they'd be at the board talking about some offensive tackle going on and on, sweating a bit, working their butts off, hoping they're impressing everybody with their their thoroughness. And Bill Nunn would just – he'd hear him laughing. And they'd look up, what's up, Mr. Nunn? And he'd say, that kid can't play a lick. (laughs) 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 And after – they'd say, after the meeting, I'd go back and say, Mr. Nunn, I'm not seeing what you're seeing. He goes, no, that's good. You stick with what you know, so you learn. This is how you learn. But I just, I couldn't help but shake my head. That's exactly oh it. You gosh. know, he was such a special man. He was such a humble man. He was such a great man. Uh, I just loved sitting in with him. It was. I always said that you know, if you spent time with him, it was like staying overnight at a Holiday Inn. You were just smarter for having done so. Because he would he would enlighten you about stuff, telling you stories about the people he's met, the people that you know. He he really had some some big name people you know that he knew and and, and was was friends with, and just, just I don't know. I just always found him a fascinating character to talk to. Two guys that I love talking to all the time was Bill Nunn and um, Dick LeBeau. The two guys just gave you historically yeah. such a beautiful perspective on a lot of the things that were going on or went on in the NFL years ago and, and, and even, you know, social climate and everything else going on at that time. It was just, uh, it, it was always intriguing talking to those gentlemen. Well, you know what, Wolf? You're that guy now. <laughs> I'm that old, in other words. <laughs> 
and you have the experience, and you have the context, and we're, we're going to be counting on you, brother. <laughs> oh, wisdom now. Now all you'd have to do is add the wisdom with those guys. Yeah, that's, that's the greatest challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Oh, you know, you think about this, Wex, and one of the, the, the biggest problems coming up looking at this game as we're approaching this is just how the Steelers' offenses – you know, I, I find it ironic that in uh, the last, what, how many games, they've uh, opponents have scored, what, 91 points in the first half to the Steelers, 19. I mean, it's just a reversal. I find it ironic. It's just a reversal of the numbers that, uh, you know, uh, that, that the opponents have scored versus the Steelers scoring in the first half. And I'm wondering what's going on in Mike Tomlin's mind, in Matt Canada's mind, as you're approaching Arrowhead and this, this huge outdoor venue that really suffocates communication out on the field. Well, I tell you, like, I think you used the key word, outdoor. Yeah. You know, they've warmed up in Minnesota. And, I, I mean, you could tell me better how loud it was there. I wasn't there. Oh, it was but loud. But I, I would think, I would think that those guys got a nice warm-up yeah. for this. Yeah. And now with, you know, uh, Kelsey and uh, Tyree Kill – possibly not playing. I mean, the two best players in the NFL, well, two of the three, the quarterback's the other one. Um, they have a chance. Yeah. And so that Minnesota game will prove, prove I think will prove to be a good warm up for these guys, especially Kendrick Green. And um, I, I just think they have a chance now and, uh, you know, to get started faster that's the key. I, I, That's I the hate key. To, I hate to blame Ben, but for years I've said he's an adrenaline junkie, and Max probably knows this or, or could disagree with me on this. I just think Ben is such a gamer at everything he does. Whatever small bet he's got going. You know, he and I got into a, a big row one night because I didn't know he had just lost some bets there. He was on the, at the bar playing a stupid coin flipping game with somebody else. And I had said the wrong thing at the wrong time, and he turned around because he had lost a couple in a row. But that's how he is. In the beginnings of games, I don't think he's that jacked up as he usually is when they fall behind. Now, that's saying a lot, and that's putting a lot of blame on a big-time guy. But I just, I just have that feeling that it's, it's, he's just a sleepy starter, and I think he is one main reason. Yeah, well – I will, I, I, will, I will concur in the fact that I'll say that Ben, if competition is out there, Ben gets uber competitive. Uh, I, there's very few guys that I've seen be more competitive. I think to last at the quarterback position as long as Ben has as a Peyton or a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees or, you know, or a Philip, you have to want to be the best. And you have to have almost, um, you know, a blind confidence about it. And, and I, and listen, as a guy who sit there, you know, I watched the last dance last year, right. During COVID, you saw just the competitive yeah. nature of Michael Jordan kind of highlighted. And I couldn't help, but think, you know what? That's Ben. <laughs> that, that, that is mm -hmm. absolutely, if Ben had a batting cage in, in his backyard and he was like, Oh, you want to hit on it? And if you get a, you, you get a couple swings to get some contact, then he's got to step in and he's got to hit it higher and further. <laughs> or, or we played played in the Steeler basketball games with Tom O'Malley, and if you score a couple points, Ben now has to come out and dribble and go one on one and shoot a three. 
It was like, it was like, come, bid, add everything as a competition. It's like, no, it is. It is. So, <laughs> so I completely Matt, agree with you on that one. We, we, we're going to have to go, okay, fellas. So- but, but no, I just respond real quick to this, Wex, because it's kind of like Rocky, right? When Paulie says he's getting mad. You know, it's kind of like almost during the game, he's getting a little mad and he's going to tear it up in the second half. I th- it's almost kind of like that. He comes alive when things get worse, it seems like. I don't know. Real quick. Right. He he, 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 he comes around. He wakes up. He's losing. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, we need Haloti Nada to punch him in the nose on the first series. Uh, <laughs> no, you can't disfigure <laughs> the nose that, anymore. That, 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 that's that, painful. That, that's, that's PTSD right now because – you know, I was pissed after that one. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Wex, how's the how's the book coming? Is it great stocking oh, stuff for the Palomala book? No, no, the Palomala oh, book. book. Yeah, yeah, you want to get this book. But, I mean, it's a couple days to Christmas. It's available at Steeler stores and uh, Riverstone Books. Uh, or, you know, you can contact Amazon or contact jimwexel.com. But I don't know if the mail will get it there on time right now. Well, sometimes you, know, you got to go. There. Yeah, sometimes it's late. You know what I mean? That's the way it works. But I want to thank you, Wex. We, Appreciate we you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Take care, boys. Hey, thanks a lot. Jim Wexel, Steel City Insider, and he wrote the book on Palomalu that everybody, let me tell you something, it's a book you want to get. We'll be back with more after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And the number is 412-919-1316. You know, two guys that, I don't know, at the beginning of the year, I, I didn't think I'd be, you know, that concerned about whether or not they were able to answer the bell on game day, but... You know, Pat Fryermuth has become a huge part of the offense, no doubt about it. And uh, just hoping, of course, for the noodle, you know, for the nogginology there. You got to make sure he's okay. That's that's number one. But the other guy that I, 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 I've really enjoyed watching this guy come alive is Chris Wormley. Chris Wormley has really done a pretty nice job. He's got, what, six six sacks I think he's got now. And you know what, yeah. um, this guy is just – come along and done a good job in the absence of Tyson Alualu and Stefan Tuitt, you know, and yeah, I hope this guy's, he's got, uh, Mike says he's, you know, uh, aggressively getting treatment for the groin. He got a sore groin and stuff. Um, and it seems like we've had a pandemic as well uh, of, of groins as well as COVID my friend. Yeah. I mean, th- this is, you know, that that's one of the troubling things, right? I mean, when you're so thin, Every guy's so important, especially yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. And like you said, Chris Wormley has grown into that steady guy. And he's one of the guys, because he's been so steady, you just kind of forget about him at times. Because right. you just expect him to be out there. You expect him to be playing, and you expect him, you expect him to be doing his job. And, and now it's like, oh, man, with the growing. And, I mean, he popped right on the first play, right? Yeah. You know, Roger Saffold out, Aaron Brewer in. You know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to take my forklifts. I'm going to raise you up and move you and displace you and then hit your quarterback and then rinse repeat. I'm going to be in your face all day. And we saw and, and I mean that Ravens game, right? I mean just Oh, he was huge. was di- a, a one man wrecking crew. So, when you look at that 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 you you need him and you hope that he can he can get healthy enough that he can contribute. All right, now it's interesting you led me right into my next point which I find 
Uh, interesting, okay? Um, King Mel, all right? Mel Ingram. That's how I – what's his Twitter or Instagram or something like that? Yeah. He refers mm-hmm. to himself as King Mel. All right, so he's obviously um, – he's got to have this circled on his calendar. There's no doubt in my mind that, you know, this is a game he was looking forward to. And, you know, I remember when – the Steelers played the Ravens, and you brought this to mind as you were talking about that with Chris Wormley, who had a great day against him. And I remember Mike Tomlin saying to him, you know, before the game, saying, you know, they tell you exactly what they think about you when they trade you to a team in the division. In other words, he's poking the bear, he's poking Wormley's, you know, and Wormley delivered. Yeah. But could you not, in some ways, there is, it's analogous to what you have with. King Mel, Mel Ingram, going to the Chiefs, them trading to uh, the Chiefs, uh, a guy that uh, they could have used now. But, you know, the point is, is, is and Mike Tomlin says, uh, and I think it's all keyed up in the word hostages, you know. We don't want hostages. We want volunteers. That trade had to be made because Mike was, in my mind, he's intimating that it was more than, hey, look, I need, I, I, I want to go somewhere else, that it was going to be uglier, if something didn't happen is what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But here's the thing, though. Uh, Mel Ingram got his real revenge, which was the Chargers letting him go. Because that's what allowed him to be a free agent in the first place for the Steelers to pick him up. And they trade him back to his own division. So you hopefully he got all that worn out in that Chargers game <laughs> Thursday night. And that he doesn't have anything. He has a little residual, maybe. But it's, it, it, it's more so getting washed clean, um, knowing that there's going to be more stress. Um, yeah, but no, you have to expect he's going to he's going to be honked off. He's gonna he's gonna be pissed off, and it's gonna be a look at me moment, a la Cassius Marsh. Yes. in the Chicago game. Good right? point. There you go. That that is another one where you can look and say that yeah, he wants to prove something to the other team, and I'm sure there's going to be some jawing and emotions are going to be high because you also have to remember. Mel Ingram's gone one-on-one with these tackles. He's gone one-on-one with Chooks. He's gone one-on-one with Dan Moore. Right. So he, so just as much as he has a book on them, they should have a book on Mel as well. And they should be able to combat a lot of the things that Mel wants to do because they've seen it in practice. They've talked to him. They've worked it in drills before. So there's a familiarity when you've gone against a guy in, in, in that respect. You know, I look at when, when I used to go against guys – that um that 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 were that were different places like in college Alex Brown Gerard yeah. Warren right when I played against them in Chicago and Cleveland respectively I went against you guys for like two years I'm like in one on one practices we grew up together I yeah. used to I used to stop by your dorm room you know what I'm saying like so I ha- I have a better knowledge about what you're trying to do and what type of plays and what, how your mind works so that should be something that that should be to the Steelers advantage that they should be able to combat what Mel's capable of I would agree no doubt about it you know uh, I go back to kind of looking at now six games with the Steelers Mel had one start one sack 10 tackles two tackles for loss six quarterback hits six games with the Chiefs and it doesn't it seem like a lifetime ago that he was here though I mean, it was just like it, does. it really does. Cleveland, when he didn't undress, when, when he didn't dress, that was the last we saw of Mel Ingram. Yeah. So then you got six yeah. games with the Chiefs. He's had three starts, one sack where he had he's had uh, half a sack in two games to total one sack, uh, one tackle for loss, ten tackles, three quarterback hits. But his playing time actually dropped 
from 62% of the snaps here in Pittsburgh to 57% of the snaps in Kansas City. And it makes me wonder what he's With thinking. With three starts. What's that? With three starts. With, With three, three starts. starts. Yes. Yes. Just saying. Yep. Just saying, bro. Yep. The numbers don't lie. Yep. The numbers don't lie. You were worried about it. And then look at the injuries that happened that you would have had plenty of opportunity to make up that playing time. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. You need a totality of work. You can't be so focused on the moment. You have to think of the long game. And you would have gotten way more snaps here in Pittsburgh and way more starts had you just stayed the course, had you kept your mouth shut and just went about your business. You know what I'm saying? And and, and so it, it is interesting. You look at that. And, I mean, let's be honest. Did, were we really hurting the fact that we let him go? No. Exactly. No. Exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm like, you know, put hey, listen, Taco Charlton and, and, and Tuska, you know, ha- have very similar stat lines. So it's like, right. you didn't hurt our feelings. Your feelings got hurt. You were butt hurt. That's why you wanted to leave. Well, I mean, you, you take a look. You got Highsmith there. All right. He obviously was honked. He was better than Alex. But Alex is in 14, got three sacks, 34 solo tackles, 60 total tackles, 12 tackles for loss, 11 quarterback hits. He's been very productive. You know, um, so yeah, yeah, it's interesting to me. You know, because it, the whole problem was I, I, I understand Mike like poking the bear on Wormley, okay? Because Wormley wasn't a problem guy. Wormley wasn't a guy that you know was you know saying I want out and so forth. But you know, King Mel, I got a feeling that um, obviously he really was making it known, uh, you know, a la James Harrison, that hey, let me go. You know, I mean, just just let me go. Yeah. And Mike, having been through that already, understood that probably, you know, you if you keep a guy like that in-house, you create problems in-house. And so he had to move. Yeah, well, we, we've had a couple of those in-house issues. That well, yes, like, you will to, have. To, to, draw, to, to, to draw upon. Right. To know that, hey, you know what? Boom. No hostages, all volunteers. Yeah. Boom. Get them out. Get them out. Wash them out. We'll, we'll figure it out. And I think that's what that's the best course of action. Well, uh, one of the guys that was <laughs> like that was Lev Bell. Now Lev Bell's going to wind up in uh, Tampa Bay because Leonard exactly. Fournette got a hammy, and uh, the other guy got something else. I can't remember who it was. Oh, uh, Giovanni Bernard. He's yeah, he's been Giovanni on the injured. Bernard, yeah, he's been on and the then, IR. And then load management for Ronald Jones, who was on the IR and right back into shape. So you need you need to be able to disseminate that. And then AB's coming back because of the Godwin injury. Um, you know, towards Achilles, he's out for the year. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- this is a funny thing. You know, I was doing the post game last night, um, for NFL radio and I was like, it looks like the 2017 Steelers are making their way to Tampa Bay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh with AB being activated and Lev Bell going there. But, you know, I, I mean, that's the biggest thing is that, you know, you, you want to create the least amount of distraction, especially this time of year, uh, because, you want people who want to be in the silo, you know, they, they want, they want, they want it. They want to put their nose to the grindstone and trudge forward and try and figure out, you know, a way to win. And you don't want anybody that's taking away from that focus. Cause it takes a lot of energy uh, to, to be focused on that one goal, right? Think about when you're staring at something for so long, it hurts your eyes. That's the type of focus you have to have. And anything that averts your eyes from that goal will cause a misstep will cause you to lose ground and that that ends in losses when you have people who are complaining like that so 
you know, I look at it. I'm like, hey, listen, everybody's better because of it. We're still in the position. You didn't hurt us by leaving. You know, um, we had we have some guys who we've now come come to like and come to appreciate. Taco Sundays is now a new phrase that I'm going to use, um, even though I can't have tacos on Sunday because I'm on the sidelines. <laughs> um, you might but, sneak you one know, though. Yeah, well, li- listen, we go to the right place. I'm, t- I'm saying I'm just waiting for us to play in Mexico. <laughs> just waiting for that Mexico game call, Wolf. I will have a taco on the sidelines, tucked 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 in my backpack. <laughs> okay, all right. Here's the thing: taco or burrito. I'm sorry. But a taco has not a chance against a burrito. Burritos well, no, rule. Because a burrito envelops everything. There's no loss. Yes. Because it's wrapped completely. Yes. So everything that I put in the taco, I could potentially lose at some point, especially if it's a hard shell. Yeah. All right. You take too big of a crunch and the shell splits at the bottom, you're done. Oh, yeah. Um, and then also, you know, trying to angle it just right. You know, the lettuce and the cheese fall right. off, but a burrito wraps it all up. It melds it together. Cheese melts a little bit more, and it, it, it's a perfect bite. I love burritos. You know, oh, burrito, I love it. Or, or or I should say burro. Burro but, in, Mexi- in Mexico or in Spanish. I'm not a, a burro. You know, uh, see, I, I, I should have known that from watching, uh, uh, what was that, the, the cartoon? Um, Dora the Explorer. Yeah, with my kids. Yeah, you know, my girls. Should've known that. I should have known that. Okay. Uh, this I do know. We got to go to break. We'll be back with the wrap up of the program go. right here. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, hey, we'll, we'll burrow the show after this. Sounds good. See uh, you. We'll be back. <laughs> This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. One of the things that interests me, you know, you think about it, last night you had two games that the NFL delayed. Yeah. All right, now, would the NFL delay moving the Kansas City game? This is what I'm wondering because things are starting to break out there. You got Tyreek Hill, you got, uh, you know, uh, Kelsey, Kelsey, you you got uh, Willie Gay, Josh Gordon, uh, Chris Jones, Charvarius Ward. Uh, I mean, there's I can think they had at one time like 16, 18 guys on the COVID list. Now, it makes me a little nervous. Are you going to start playing that sort of, you know, move the, the game time around? I, I hope not. I mean, the Steelers had to go without Minka. The Steelers had to go without Ben. You know, I mean, you have those situations. Yeah. Yeah, we've had those situations, and it's like, come on. And we, we had to go without Montrevious Adams yeah, last week. absolutely. So, you know, we've lost starters as well. Now, granted, we didn't lose to the degree that a lot of these other teams are losing. I mean, you look at the Browns. I mean, good God. Um, you know, you had, what, 22 guys, um, including the head coach, that all went into COVID protocol. I think, you you know, L.A. had a bunch um, as well. And then Washington had to bring a, a New England – Patriots practice squad guy <laughs> in to, to start at quarterback for him on like three, four days notice. Right. Um, so yeah, you, you hope we don't, we don't get to game schedule musical chairs um, with this, um, you know, because you want to get the game. Yes. You're not full strength, but Hey, everybody's had to deal with it at some point. So, you know, uh, but, but I think, but here's the thing I learned last night and I was talking with Lance Meadow. Um, and this was the thing, the way that, the protocol kicks in for the for the game to be changed is it ha- instead of a forfeiture it has to be proven that where the spread started came from unvaccinated players if it's vaccinated players a majority of them 
and then they all test positive, that's what triggers the schedule change versus a forfeiture or having to play as is versus if, if they're unvaccinated. No kidding. That's weird. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. the Steelers I, I are one. Of, yeah, the Steelers are yeah. one of the the upper echelon teams as far as getting vaccinated. So, um, that yeah, that would not be problematic for them. But all right, regardless, hey, we got our caller here. We got to get to. Um, we got oh, the new yeah. digs here. We got the CR. CR, you're in the new locker room, my friend. All right, CR going the second time. CR, are you hey, there, hey, buddy? There you are. Okay. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we got you now. All right. Uh, see, wow. It's kind of different. Uh, uh, it's kind of different trying to hang out with you guys um, and not being able to hear you. But anyway, hey, appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak. Warren was here somewhere, but I think he's lost in the clouds. <laughs> That you know, we've been having yeah. some issues. You know, there there are some uh, bugaboos going on in the whole new digs here that we got. You know, here. But uh, anyhow, regardless, what do you got for us today, CR? Well, just to give you an update. Uh, technical difficulties yesterday, so there's no phone calls. We had five calls this week and uh, 261 calls uh, this year. Uh, hey, I just wanted to uh, piggyback on something that I was I was able to hear you guys talking about yesterday. You saw my hamburgers. Oh yeah. Uh oh, Wolf. Yeah. Oh, I, I see. I see your mouth saliva thing. Oh yeah. Hey, um, I'm gonna ask you guys, especially you, Max, because you in the area. Have you ever heard of a thing called a Whataburger? Absolutely, absolutely. Green chili. Give me a green chili one. I take the green chili cheeseburger all day and twice on Sundays. Okay. Yes, sir. Whataburger is is the jam. No, you you know what a Whataburger is. A Whataburger is what a hamburger ought to be. <laughs> How long did you practice that one? I like that one. No, no. That, <laughs> Come on, the tell slogan. the truth. How long did you practice that? No, no, seriously, yeah. that's the slogan. I came back in the Army back in 67, and I was uh, the new job I had, I had to go to Shepherd Air Force Base in Texas. And uh, that's where I found out what a Whataburger was. And, and, and hey, Max, tell them, you got to hold a Whataburger with both hands. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It is a, it is a double. It's a double fister. Oh, I like a that. Quality oh, burger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I whoop. The next time I eat one, I'm gonna save a little piece in the corner just for you, brother, because I got love for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nice thing was okay. I, I I got an In and Out burger this year. We were out there in, yes, LA, in LA, and we did have, and that was very good as well. You know what? That, that's a kind of interesting name, In and Out Burger. I, we don't have time to discuss that, but I can go pretty deep on that. It goes in and then it comes out, so it can't be much of a burger. <laughs> okay, be careful there now. Be careful. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm good. Hey, look at here real quick. Uh, you, both of you guys have at least 10 years as, as old linemen, and you got a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge, and most of that for both of you were with the Steelers. You guys were talking yesterday, and one of the things you were saying that because of the, the pandemic, you guys are not able to go on the sidelines like you used to do. Right. You know, and I can understand that. But but with your knowledge and your background, uh, don't can't you guys get access to to the especially the linemen, the, the rookies and stuff? Can't you get personal phone calls with them and kind of get share some advice and some knowledge with them do, from that perspective? It's really something when when you're out, you're out. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, if you're there in person, th- those conversations mm-hmm. strike up. 
just as it would be in the Army. When you get there, you're raw. You're, you, know, you look for those guys who have that veteranship, who have been there, done that, and then you draw from their expertise. But if you, you don't seek it from, from some guys that are uh, retired Army, you know what I mean? You're with the guys yeah. there, and, and so it's a different sort of feeling. And I would never – you know, step over those lines where I'm telling a young guy, this is what you ought to do. I, I'm not that type. You that's know what I mean? Exactly. If I'm asked, I would, I would offer. And the other thing is, I think you also have to build trust, right, um, right. with those guys. And if they don't see you around on those regular practice days, yeah. kind of hovering around, sitting there behind the drills watching them, then guys don't feel like they can approach you. Because that's, that's what I deal with when I see guys when I'm walking on the sidelines pregame. Right. Right. I see the lineman. I want to say what's up to him, but they're like, who is this dude? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just know him as a guy with the headset and the microphone walking around, you know, staring <laughs> at me. You know, you, you, you look like a guy with a, with, with a third eyeball. So, <laughs> you know, that's the other thing that I think that, that when you see guys around now, if you have a personal relationship with guys, you can go talk to them. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can have a couple of conversations with them. Like, you know, when we saw B.J. Finney on the sidelines, right? Yeah. You can have that conversation because B.J. knows you. Right. B.J. saw you at practice. Okay. He's seen you around the facility. But I can't talk to Dan Moore or Kendrick Green. They don't know me. They don't know who I am. And I haven't been introduced mm-hmm. to them in such capacity. So it, it well, makes it really tough to kind of generate that. And then nobody's going to give their phone number out for you to have a conversation when they don't know you. Yeah. And that, that, so that's the well, tough thing that it, COVID did. Yeah, you, you, you walk around with that big old rock on your finger. That, that might get their attention. <laughs> a Super Bowl that ring. Is tr- <laughs> that is true, but I got to keep gloves on. And, it, and Super Bowl rings don't go under gloves very well. Oh, you, you poor thing, you. <laughs> so, hey, uh, w- one last comment, because I know you guys are busy. I do appreciate you giving me a minute. Uh, you were talking earlier about Bill Nunn. You know, I went out to, um, I went out to the Hall of Fame, and I was uh, blessed to be able to to see his, his locker with a little space that they got for him. And I've been uh, aware of him uh, from, uh, from day one because, you know, I'm in the black history, and especially with the Steelers and stuff like that. But, you know, I bet you there's a lot of young people out here who've been around for at least 10, 15 years. They don't have a clue who Bill Nunn is. So it would be nice if we could come up with some, something in reference to like a Bill Nunn day or put some stuff out. I, I usually, when I meet people, I usually put stuff on the line to let them know who Bill Nunn is. Comment. Well, here's the thing. Jim Wexel's writing a book, and he's going to write a yeah, book yeah. that's going to include that. a lot about Bill Nunn. So stay tuned, and you know what? We'll ask Wex about that next week. All right. Sounds like a winner. So, All right. Okay, guys. I'm going to get out of here. shows uh, in February, the- CR, you might hear a couple of nuggets out there, so definitely tune in. <laughs> All right. In the meantime and in between time, out, out and about in the uh, suburbs of uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, this is Steelers <laughs> okay. Nation Chicago. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. All there right. Thank you so much, CR. Good. Good to hear from you. And, indeed, you know, my friend, uh, one of the things I, we, we failed to talk about, and we'll just wrap it up here, but it was funny because Lev Bell, uh, just a couple days ago, came out and said, Nah, you know what? I want to I box Jake Paul. I'm like going, yes. Uh, you know what? I think it's a good idea you sign with Tampa Bay. You know, I think just stick to what you do. You know, I mean, well, I can and, understand and a little celebrity boxing, but, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I wanted to mention when you mentioned it. I said, I guess he's going to have to postpone that fight with Jake Paul. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny. My, my dad actually used to box. Really? Yes. Yeah. And he actually, I think, won 
the NFL, um, they had a celebrity boxing, like Golden Gloves type of event. And my dad actually won. He has a trophy in his house. I actually that. boxed in one of those out at Caesar's Palace. Yeah, yeah, and 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 he and he won one of those back when they did those type of exhibition things, and then he did it years later. I forgot. I think when FX first had, remember those celebrity. Um, I boxed. Battle Royale? I called it the Geezers and Weezers at Caesars. I I actually fought Jesse Sapolu, yeah. you know, from oh, the Forty wow. ers Yeah, yeah, yeah. I beat him yeah. uh, at Caesars. It was it was crazy. A lot Dude, of fun, but I, nice. I've been boxing for years. You know, I mean, yeah, and and that's what my dad. I mean, my dad, my dad grew up in in the gym boxing. And so he that that was that was his way of off season. It was that it was boxing and swimming were his two cardio off season activities that he always did. Those were the, that that's just what he did. I mean he he was he was actually on he actually participated in the swim team at Notre Dame. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. It was, well, was, well I, that's right. I, Your I dad was a tremendous athlete. I forgot about that. I yeah. remember. I actually remember yeah. hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing you did not want. I, I mean, a picture. You know, you always want to see your dad in the best light. Right. My dad in a speedo, you know, definitely. No, 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 no. That's a bad visual. No, that's like. But but yeah, but he was competing at Notre Dame uh, in that as well. So I'm like, you, uh, swimmer and football player. Yeah, that was that that was crazy. Basketball, football, baseball, baseball, basketball. Your dad was a big man. I mean, he was you know for back in that day, he was he was you know I remember I had a picture. There's a picture of me and him coming head to head on a trap, and just before the trap happens. You know, but he was. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I I, I remember him. Uh, I remember Tunch having to do battle with him, and uh, it, a lot of respect there. A lot of respect. Yeah. For him. yeah so, no, no. all right, Max. Awesome times. Great job today, my friend. We got tomorrow. Awesome. Um, again, it's uh, I'll, the eve I'm, of eves. The eve, the eve of eves. Of eve. You got yes. all your Christmas shopping done, or are you one of three? The average is one of three guys waits until Christmas Eve to get his shopping done. I have a package coming today, and then I will be done. You are the man. And, and I did, but I did, I did buy it yesterday. So <laughs> technically, but 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 I'm almost done. Until the package <laughs> arrives, I'm not done. But once it does, we're gonna start wrapping gifts uh, tonight and tomorrow night. So okay, yeah. all right, my friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Folks, anybody that joined in today, we thank you so very much. We know you got a lot of choices. I hope you come back. Hear us tomorrow. We'll be back with more in the locker room. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards.